From Mediacorp and OneUp Media, this is Post Love. Essays on love, life, and everything in between. Maybe it's not marriage. Maybe it's love. I just hope that someday someone would love me. Well, because I've only loved one man. Love. I've got a hunch I'm never going to feel no other kind of love. So, how do you make a long-distance relationship work? It's the first thing people ask whenever they learn that I married a Singaporean boy. Mind you, I hate this question. And yet, I completely understand why they ask. You see, I come from Sarpsborg, Norway, while my partner Jack hails from Santa Rosa, Philippines. We're 9,700 kilometers apart. And most days when we connect, He is walking home from the sweltering tropical heat while I am freezing in Norway's biting cold. There's a term in Norwegian, kusli, that has no direct English translation. The closest would be coziness, but it embodies so much more than that. Kusli is about creating warmth with friends and family, like the roaring fire over dinner, the steaming hot coffee as you're trekking, or the tight embrace of your husband when you're alone in the winter's night. So, do I give you Kuzli? Jack asked. We were both alone in our Singapore apartment then, tension filling the air. We weren't an item yet, but we would be that night. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. At the time, Jack and I thought we knew what the future would hold. So we celebrated and drank wine over reruns of Star Wars. Like what most couples would do. Jack and I met in Singapore during choir practice. And we couldn't have been more different. I was there to chase a graduate degree while Jack was serving national service. He was also seven years my junior. And honestly, way too cocky. When I sensed that he was interested in me, I resisted as much as I could. Fresh from a breakup, I was simply not ready and had promised myself that I would guard my heart fiercely. But Jack, he loved me with such unwavering certainty that it made me believe in the impossible, profoundly moving me in the process. I was helpless. And by the end of 2015, We were together. From the onset, we expected a long-distance relationship as a possibility. At the time, Jack was undecided if he were to pursue his undergraduate studies here in Singapore or back in the Philippines, while I, an arts degree student, was struggling to find a job here. My persistence paid off as I eventually received an offer. And for the meantime, I took up the role of a sole breadwinner while Jack continued his studies. Steadfast in the belief that we would both make it in Singapore, together. (laughs) We love and made it work. Hi, I'm sorry, babe. I need to work over the weekends again. Surprise, I got lunch for you. Babe, there's something I need to tell you. I was rejected again. 
as best we could. But after about a year, I was beginning to miss my family, and the thought of moving back home kept circling my mind. One night after another exhausting day at work, I sat Jack down for a discussion. In the soft glow of our shared apartment, I pulled a blanket around me, feeling the air conditioner's cold bite. You know, I began, I miss my family. Every day. My mind flashed back to the snow-draped forest of Sarpsborg and the warmth of family gatherings. And work. It's just not the same. The direction the company is heading? I'm not happy. I could feel Jack's presence and hesitation. The weight of our challenges was pressing down on us both. I get it, he whispered. And I... I've been trying not to add to your worries, but... I could feel his body trembling lightly, revealing his guilt over not getting a university placement yet. In the beginning, sacrifices for your loved one feel like the epitome of romance, but as friends start casting their judgments and self-doubt creeps in, the picture changes. I had to continuously remind myself over the past year and even now, that the blame isn't on Jack. The stringent standards of the Singaporean educational system spared no one, not even someone as deserving as him. Maybe, I replied. Maybe Singapore isn't our place. I've been thinking. Perhaps our future isn't in Singapore. Between my unhappiness at work and the continuous rejections you've been facing, Maybe it's a sign? Jack shifted on the couch, his posture straightening. Are you suggesting we leave? I paused, letting the weight of the suggestion hang in the air. I don't know, I confessed. Honestly, I'm not sure why I brought this up. Let's just play some 3DS. For a long moment, we sat in silence, gaming. The room felt small, our dreams and challenges threatening to spill out and overwhelm us. But as the seconds ticked by, I felt a sudden moment of clarity, a beacon of light amidst this fog of uncertainty. I put down the controller and turned towards Jack. Hey, should we get married? Huh? On our wedding night, once everyone left, I cried with Jack in his arms. We were washed by a bitter sweetness that while we were family to each other, we were both also missing our own families. I hadn't expected to marry in Singapore, especially without my mum there. But I suggested marriage either way because we had to leave Singapore for a longer-term future together. Jack needed a university degree and he wasn't going to get one here. Well, I needed a better support system and a stable job. To do both will inevitably push Jack to the Philippines and I back to Norway. If I were also being honest, I might have been insecure entering my 30s without making a special commitment to someone. Jack, 
who loved me wholeheartedly, needed little convincing that marriage would keep us connected. That night we cried, laughed, then acknowledged in quiet sadness that the next four to five years will be cruel, but necessary for us to eventually be together. The flight from Singapore to Norway is an incredible far over 15 hours. If you find the podcast interesting, perhaps you could provide a 5-star review. It really does help people find us. Looks like we've landed. Get your coats cause it's winter in Norway. I came back to Norway in December 2016 and celebrated the new year in the warm embrace of my loved ones. Watching the dazzling explosions of orange and green, I thought of Jack doing the same miles away. I felt close to him and thought maybe, just maybe, we might be able to make this work. So, how do you make a long-distance relationship work? A friend asked long ago. Well, it's communication. And of course, language of love. You see, firstly, you must... Upon my return to Norway, word spread and I inadvertently became the go-to person for understanding long-distance relationships. When people ask, I usually offer a blend of the best insights I've sourced online, presented as a seamless story. But behind closed doors, I've opted for radio silence more times than I'd like to admit. I've come to realise there's a vast difference between knowing the importance of communication and the act of communicating every day for years, especially when one prefers video calls and the other isn't comfortable on camera. Hi babe, when are you free for a call? Um, let me get back to you. Schedule's a little tight. I miss your face. It's one thing to set aside time for a conversation, but quite another to synchronise our clocks when I'm six hours ahead balancing a nine-to-five job while he navigates university timings. Are you free at 9am Norway morning? It's 3pm. I have class during that time. What about 6pm Philippines time? I have a work lunch to attend. I learned that there's a gap between actively listening to your partner and truly comprehending their words, especially when grappling with the notoriously slow internet in the Philippines. Hi, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Sorry, what do you say, babe? Babe, I lost you again. The reality is, it became incredibly hard. And gradually, we scaled back our promises of everyday video chats to Messenger. Then eventually, I became guilty of complete radio silence. It became my own messed up way of being considerate, rather than to meet Jack online without being present. During these moments, Jack would always bring me back, finding new ways for us to communicate. We both enjoyed gaming casually in Singapore, so every now and then, he would suggest new games to play, and I would always try to participate. From the open world of World of Warcraft, to the multiplayer online battle arena of Heroes of the Storm, I would try no matter how strange it sounded. But unfortunately, most don't stick. And usually, he'll know when I become distant once again. 
And just like that, our first year of married life flew by. In our second year, the grip of reality tightened around our ambitions. Jack's university was located in a region susceptible to unpredictable weather. Suddenly, we began missing the relentless predictability of Singapore's education system. Beyond the fact that his courses seemed to offer limited practical knowledge, his institution frequently postponed sessions due to mere weather fluctuations. Debates arose. Should Jack stay and earn his university certification despite the setbacks? Or would it be better to return to Singapore and climb the professional ladder there? On my end, I struggled to find a stable living in Norway. My graduate degree, despite its promise, aligned with the cautionary tales often associated with arts degrees. My days oscillated between short-term roles and sporadic projects, all while trying to safeguard my mental well-being. Concerned friends and relatives offered their sofas when I was on a move and included me in their social outings to ensure I wasn't isolated. The year tested our resilience, and the distance between Jack and me seemed to grow. Perhaps feeling the acute loneliness, Jack redoubled his efforts to bridge the gap. He searched for more shared online games and came up with imaginative virtual date ideas. Despite the gulf in our communication preferences and time zones, he managed to craft a routine uniquely for us. Via telegram chats, in-game voice conversations, and the occasional Skype session. The blend often varies based on what life throws at us, as we persevered month after month. Then on July 2nd, 2018, I found myself visiting a friend from Asia, feeling more alone than ever. In her cosy home, a small red bottle caught my eye. Bangawan Solo, it read. The label stirred a sense of familiarity. On an impulse, I popped open the bottle and devoured a seemingly innocent shrimp roll. Instant regret. A tidal wave of memories washed over me, all linked to my time in Singapore. Memories of the dates, the passion, and intimacy shared with Jack cascaded back. It dawned on me that out of those four years in Singapore, the majority were lovingly entwined with Jack's presence, dating, deepening our love, and sharing a home. It was a good life, and I couldn't help but wonder, did I mess it up? Did I unknowingly steer us both down a path of regret? Did I force Jack to soldier on in a less than stellar university? And when I left my job in Singapore, had I underestimated the challenges of securing a similar position in Norway? I felt sick in my stomach. For the longest time, I had convinced myself that these sacrifices were necessary for our future. Yet, doubt crept in. If we had stayed in Singapore, could our lives have been more fulfilling? Worst of all, if Jack had glimpsed this future, would he have reconsidered our vows? These torrential thoughts, once unleashed, refused to be contained. Throughout the day, I put up a facade of normalcy, 
I declined the offered food, claiming I was full, all while hiding the hurricane inside me. During our casual conversations, I'd excuse myself to the restroom, trying to collect myself and suppress the urge to throw up the weighty reminder of the shrimp roll. Finally, just when I believed the day's emotional trials had concluded, my friend innocently asked, So, what's the secret to maintaining a long-distance relationship? This narrative has been crafted to protect the identities of the couple. The events recounted are up until 2018, as seen through the eyes of V. Next week, we delve into the subsequent events after 2018 to present day, as captured from Jack's perspective. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Post Love, brought to you by Mediacorp and produced by One Up Media. If you would like to share some feedback or share your own stories, drop us an email. Our email is found in the description. This episode is produced by Guang Jin, script by RC, edited by Alex, audio experience by Ethan Sam, additional engineering by Ashley from One Up Media, voiced by Gloria. Special thanks to executive producer Danny Cordy for MediaCorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Post Love.